text. The phrase section deleted will signify a deleted paragraph or in some cases a page or pages of text. Chapter 1 The Attack 7 August 1998 Dawn comes not twice to awaken a man. An Arab proverb. I jumped out of bed by the second ring and grabbed the STU-3 secure telephone from the waist-high dresser. The digital clock read 4.23 a.m. in the dark bedroom of our Reston, Virginia townhouse. My wife, Rebecca, sat up, rubbing her eyes. Hello? A voice on the other end said, Gary, it's Dorothy in the watch office. I recognized her voice immediately. Dorothy was one of deleted officers assigned to my staff in the CIA's counterterrorism center. Our job was to identify, penetrate, and disrupt the activities of Islamic Jihad Organization, IJO, the Hezbollah's terrorist arm and the most deadly organization of its kind up to that time. One second, I said, removing the top of a deleted by the phone, extracting a deleted key, deleted, and inserting the key into the phone. I'm going secure. Ready. After pushing the secure voice button, a small horizontal panel lit up, indicating that the encryption sequence was underway. It took 15 seconds before the screen on the phone read, Top Secret. Dorothy said, I have UTS. I have UTS. I echoed back. Thirty-five minutes ago, the U.S. Embassy in Nairobi was attacked with a large explosive device. Dorothy began. Ten minutes later, our embassy in Dar es Salaam was also attacked with an explosive device. I just talked to Chief CTC O'Connell. CTC is the CIA's counterterrorism center. He wants you to come in. Do you have numbers on casualties? Did we lose any of our people? I asked. Hearing the word casualties, my wife gasped. There have been large-scale casualties, including some of our people, Dorothy answered. Thanks, I said. I'm on my way in. I turned the key, extracted it, deleted, carefully reset the top, and stood for a moment in the darkness. I was one of our country's most experienced clandestine counterterrorism officers, but news like this still filled me with cold, seething anger. Pictures of the carnage from bombings I'd witnessed in places like Sri Lanka and Nepal flashed in my head. My wife understood instinctively that something terrible had happened. Where? she asked. Being an intense, aggressive guy, I imagined myself rushing to the scene immediately and grabbing the bombers, but I managed to remain outwardly calm. Nairobi and Dar es Salaam, I answered. We've just had two embassies bombed within thirty minutes. After nineteen years married to a CIA officer, my wife knew the drill. Should I pack a bag for you now? She asked. I thought of practicalities for a second. I have to go into the building first. If I fly out, I'll come back first and get some things. Why don't you go back to bed? Go back to bed? She asked incredulously. I can't go back to bed now. I'll make you some coffee and start getting your stuff ready. Using the encrypted phone, I called one of my branch chiefs, Ted, 
an FBI agent assigned to CTC. The CIA and the FBI, in the spirit of cooperation, had begun placing officers in each other's counterterrorism units, and Ted was one of the first FBI detailees. Ted was one tough guy. Prior to joining the FBI, he'd been a Maryland state police officer. While working undercover, he infiltrated a motorcycle gang suspected of major criminal activity. One night, they got suspicious, dragged him into a deserted field on Maryland's eastern shore, and stuck a gun to his head. Ted didn't lose his cool. Not only did he talk the gang out of killing him, he eventually locked up 60 of them for crimes varying from grand theft to drug trafficking to murder. At the Bureau, he played a lead role in a number of important counterterrorism investigations, including the Iraqi attempt to assassinate former President George Herbert Walker Bush after the Gulf War. He was the kind of officer I wanted at my side in a crisis. I quickly filled him in. Then I jumped in the shower, skipped shaving, and got dressed, forgoing a jacket because it was going to be a hot, humid August day. Exiting the bedroom, I ran into my 17-year-old daughter, Alexis, on the landing. The sound of my moving around had roused her. She asked, Dad, what's going on? Why are you guys up so early? There was no point trying to hide the truth. Alexis already knew that I was one of the CIA's senior counterterrorism officers, but her 13-year-old brother, Thomas, thought I had a desk job at the... Deleted. There were some attacks on our embassies in Africa, so I need to go in early, I told her. Are you going to Africa? Maybe, sweetheart, but not right now. After a quick cup of coffee and kisses for my wife and daughter, I started out the door. Over my shoulder, the first reports of the bombings aired over CNN. Standing outside our townhouse was my maroon 1987 Chrysler K station wagon, the car my son and daughter teasingly called the Red Rocket. No, it wasn't an Aston Martin or a Land Rover equipped with surface-to-air rockets, but it got me where I wanted to go. My wife and daughter got the new wheels. I'd taken this route so many times I could drive it in my sleep, down the dullest toll road, onto Route 123, a sharp turn into CIA headquarters twenty minutes later. At this hour of the morning, the vast parking area was almost empty, except for vehicles belonging to members of the watch office and Directorate of Intelligence personnel who worked on the President's daily brief. Passing through the CIA entrance, I swiped my badge over an optical reader and punched in my security code. My watch read 5.05 a.m. as I entered an elevator of the oldest wing of the three-building complex and hit five. The crisis center consisted of two large rooms, one packed with communications racks with radios and multiple workstations to monitor counterterrorism center, CTC, developments around the world. The second room housed a large conference table and chairs. CTC is part of the CIA's Directorate of Operations, the rest of the CIA's deleted employees are organized under three other directorates, science and technology, intelligence, and administration. Most of them are analysts, scientists, and administrators. The Directorate of Operations, DO, is the place that employs clandestine case officers like myself. Back in the mid-90s, the Clinton administration had reduced the number of operations officers by 25%. The DO was responsible for collecting human intelligence and running operations against six billion people and governments around the globe who want to harm the United States.
The FBI, for purposes of comparison, has approximately 10,000 field officers, special agents, covering the United States. There are 1,000 FBI officers assigned to New York City alone. You could say that working for operations is challenging. Most of my closest colleagues are type A individuals who won't back down from anyone or anything. We accept the fact that we live in a hard world and deal with that reality. It's dangerous work. In the past, I've stopped dozens of bombings and assassinations overseas. I've also hunted down and captured terrorists from various groups. These are CIA successes that were never reported in the news. When we're portrayed in the media, 95% of what's said or written is dead wrong. Books like Tom Clancy's Clear and Present Danger, where the deputy director of the CIA personally hunts down terrorists, ridiculous. Movies like Three Days of the Condor, where CIA operatives assassinate members of the American Literacy Historical Society. Disgusting. I felt a jolt of energy as I entered the crisis center. Chief CTC Jeff O'Connell stood in the dimly lit conference room, speaking on a secure phone directly to the White House. Especially at that early hour of the morning, it was an intensely focused group. Ted, my FBI deputy, as well as the top officers in CTC, were already there. News reports from CNN were being projected on the wall behind the head of the table. O'Connell was around 50, with slightly thinning reddish-blonde hair, 5 foot 10 and fit. An excellent Arabist, O'Connell had served with distinction in multiple Middle East posts fighting Palestinian terrorist groups like Black September and Abu Nidal. Every time I saw him, I was reminded of William Buckley and my early days in the Directorate of Operations. I'd met both men in 19...